What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Behind the Glass Sports Podcast. Special edition. Really not special. Uh, depressing edition. It's not a good day. Um, hey, so uh, who, who do we think the Broncos are picking at night? Yeah. That's, yeah. That's well, what we can start talking about, right? Well, I guess, you know, we can talk about the Avs, but we're both oh, yeah. such huge Avs fans. Um, it's, I don't... For those who don't know, if you don't know, you're either living under a rock or you just don't care. Um, but the Denver Nuggets suffered not only their second straight loss last night in a game in which they should have won, but the biggest loss wasn't the loss to the Golden State Warriors and Steph Curry lighting up the game for 50-plus points. It was Jamal Murray uh, going down late in the game. I believe there was less than two minutes left in the fourth quarter, or maybe 40, three. Yeah, and Jamal tears his ACL in his left knee, or was it his right knee? I think it was left uh, knee. I believe it's his left knee. Yeah, but he was out for an extended period, if you'll remember, with a right knee uh, injury. Yeah. So if we have that flips, uh, our bad. Yeah, it's it's either or, but he tore the one that wasn't injured. Right. I think it was his left. Now that I think about him and him grabbing it, but regardless, he tears an ACL and. Listen, last night I wasn't I didn't even watch most of the game. I was still angry at them for losing to Boston in the fashion that they did. So I was just I just needed a reprieve for, from that game. I was like, you know what? I just need a break. They pissed me off. I just I don't even want to watch tonight. And so before I went to bed, I was like, okay, because it was a late game. I was like, I'll catch the end of it. Um, they were up at halftime. They were down in the first, which I was like, whatever. I was keeping track with the score. Up at halftime, and I was like, okay, that's what it should be. And then I'm checking periodically on the score, and it's down in the third. And then I tune in in the fourth with about right at the start of the fourth, really. Um, and they're down. And I'm like, okay, come on. And I was kind of surprised that Jamal was playing last night. I didn't think he would be back um, yeah. for that game. So I was like, oh, well, Jamal's in there as I was checking the, the box score. And, I mean, the whole energy of the team just felt weird and felt off um, these past two games. I mean, you, you wouldn't know it that they were on an eight-game win streak and that they've won 17 of the last 20 with how they've been playing. I mean, Jokic has, has fallen into the rut of complaining to the refs a lot again, and I get he's being hacked, and the numbers have been tweeted out about how much he's getting screwed when it comes to free throws this year. But he's really letting that get to his game. Just the chemistry just feels wonky. Uh, MPJ struggled to shoot the ball the last two games, whatever. And Jamal is, you know, he's he's playing hard and comes down the lane against, I think it was Draymond, late in the game. Goes up for a left-handed layup. And he lands funny. At first, I was like, okay, that's an ankle. Um, and then he's down for a little bit. And I was like, okay. Well, he seems to be in a lot of pain and he's holding his knee. And I was like, oh, his upper knee. He wasn't, like, grabbing the kneecap area. So I was like, okay, well, maybe he, you know, hurt his quad or maybe he banged knees awkwardly. And then they show the replay. And it's a non-contact injury. He he steps. And as soon as... The, the worst part is he steps. And as soon as he goes in the air, you, you see him cringe and feel for it. And I was like, oh, boy. Like, it wasn't one where he jumps and he lands weird. Then, you know, it's like a Joel Embiid situation where, okay, maybe it could be a hyperextension. No, this is, he jumps, he plants. It doesn't even look like a weird plant. He just presses, boom, you see him twinge, and he just falls down and he immediately grabs the knee. And I was like, oh gosh, this is Shades of Gallo. Um, saw some people on YouTube compare it to D. Rose, which don't want to hear that at all. Um, but, I mean, immediately... 
as he's as we're 30 seconds into him writhing in pain on the ground and he's holding his knee like Jamal's a warrior like we get on the guy for his consistency and shooting and all this stuff but there's one thing you can't take away from the guy it's he has heart and he's gonna fight and he's gonna play and injuries have been an issue all year the whole rumor of you know he's banged up he doesn't look great and I've always been of the mindset well if he doesn't if he doesn't feel good don't play you know don't don't be out there otherwise I don't want to hear the excuses and he goes out last night and honestly it's a gut punch it is a gut punch of the worst worst scenario um you know, I mean, losing Jokic would be obviously probably the worst, but I mean, this is, I mean, this is 1B, if not 1AA. I mean, it's, you, I just said last week on the pod that if Brooklyn wasn't Brooklyn, I think this team has a legitimate shot to win a championship. And then not even a week later, <laughs> two days removed, Jamal tears his ACL, and this is where we're at. It's it's depressing. It's defeating. We were texting about it earlier, and we both have the same feelings. I don't even really want to watch the rest of the season. There's no point. Um, now, granted, they'll still be a playoff team, and maybe now they're really stuck and relegated at four. They'll be lucky to keep four at this point. Um, it's just depressing, man, especially given the moves that they just made. It really felt like they were going for it. And then this happens. It's it's peak nug life. I don't know what to say. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't really know what to say. I, I think the part that hurts the most. It's not necessarily. Yeah, they had a they had a good shot to make a lot of noise this this year, but that's not what bothers me. What bothers what what bothers me is if he's out all of next year. Because that, like, that's, like, in my mind, and, and we've talked about their window, and, you know, last this our last podcast we talked about, you know, this could be their window, depending on injuries and, and whatnot, at least to get there, to get to the finals. They'll probably won't beat Brooklyn, but they can get there. Um, I think next year and the year after, that was probably their window to win one. Um, but if he's like, it's a torn ACL, I, not a lot of guys come back from that, you know, completely healthy and, and like they were before. So even if he does come back 100%, it may not be next season. So now you have two wasted seasons. Um, and that that's that's what hurts the most. Like honestly, I wish this would have happened game one, you know, um, because at least then he would have he'd be ready for next season, uh, at least halfway through next season. Now, if look, Jamal's a tough guy, and he's gonna work his ass off to get back. Is there a chance he gets back by you know what three fourths away of of the way next season? Maybe, maybe. But I just you can't bank on that, and and then on top of on top of that, the concern of well, is this something that can completely destroy his career, like Derrick Rose? Um, so that's those are that's my those are my con like concerns, and um, 
really what I'm bummed about. It's not necessarily this season because at the end of the day, they just wouldn't beat Brooklyn unless there was injuries to them. Um, it's more about next year and put the potentially the year after that um, and, you know, the rest of his career. And that's, that's what hurts the most. Yeah. And, you know, we can, we can talk about that. Was there a shot, like a, a shot in the dark opportunity that they could have won a title this year? Yeah. Uh, was it realistic? No. But nonetheless, it was a shot. You know, they were at least a team that you could point to and say, you can't just walk over Denver. Like, Denver's going to have something to say about it. Here's here's what really sucks. And, and you brought up the point about him and his availability for next year. There's no way he plays before the All-Star break next year. No. Um... So at the at the earliest, I'd say maybe he gets back March. I mean, we're talking maybe a year from now. Um, that's if rehab goes great and he's ahead of schedule. Um, but I mean, for me, I was I was going through it last night. I mean, I was going through it in this morning, just racking my brain of now it's to the point of and this is far extremes, but this is just me as a Nuggets fan just compartmentalizing all this is now you have Jamal out. What if this is a Derrick Rose type of situation and he doesn't get back to being the same Jokic is coming up under, you know, on contract, not next year, but the year after, I believe, um, after the 23 season, you know, you have Gordon under contract only for this year and next year. Um, MPJ, like I'm, my mind's going like, Oh, did we miss it? Did, did we completely miss the window? Will this now cause Denver to miss out on possibly their greatest chance to win a finals? Um, even probably better than that, that 09 team. And when you look at it, it's just, it's such a gut punch. Um, now, I guess if you want to look at it through a positive scope and lens, here's the difference between if this is a similar situation to Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose relied solely on his athleticism. At that point of his in his career, he was an explosive player. Mm-hmm. He was about getting to the basket, um, dunking layups. I mean, he relied on that explosion. That's not Jamal. That's not Jamal's game. Jamal's not necessarily a fast guard. He if doesn't have a Russell Westbrook, right? You know, uh, Dejounte Murray. You know, De'Aaron Fox. Those John type Moran. of guys. Yeah. Yes, this would be a devastating blow. Jamal. He's not an explosive guard. Yes, can he dunk and, you know, he he has good dunks every now and then? Yes. He doesn't rely on that. His game is more skilled, shooting. So I don't I don't think this will completely take him out as a player. Um now will he be the same next year? Probably not. It's probably going to take, you know, a full year for him to play through this and then the season after we'll see that Jamal. We could be wrong. But I would say it would be unfair to think that he'll be Jamal that we're used to next year when he gets back onto the court. And right, if he does. But here's the, that that's one of the positives is that it's not the same as Derrick Rose. He's not a player that relies on that athleticism. So I think that's one thing we can hang our hat on, at least and be positive about. Two is that Jamal, like we've mentioned already, is a fighter. Um, if he if he has any say in the matter. It's it's gonna be he's He'll going. Be back next year. <laughs> well, not only that, but I'm just saying like he's not gonna let this stop him, and everything he's worked for. We know the work ethic and and the stories about how his father trained him growing up and how hardworking he is. He's not gonna let this put him down. 
Um, so I think we can be motivated about that, that he's going to be motivated to get back 100%, if not better, to show he he's fine. It's just, it's it's tough, man, because they, they really had, if not this year, next year, a good shot to to do something special. Um, and now, now it's, it's like, it, what really sucks is they make these trades and you lose a guy like RJ Hampton and, you know, not necessarily Gary Harris, but like the RJ Hampton one now, now it really sucks because now you're really thin at the guard position. Now them looking for a roster spot and looking at guys like, you know, Gerald Green and Troy Daniels. Now it may have to be an Austin Rivers because now you may need somebody to run point and do stuff like that. Um, but what really has me thinking on this injury, excuse me, is what did Jamal say before the season? What was his body language before the season? He was pissed off. Mm. He did not want to play this quickly. And this is what happens. Um, now granted he agreed to play. Ultimately he agreed to play. He didn't have to, he did. Um, and this was my fear going back to at the start of the pandemic. You know, when, when they were talking about the bubble, I just wanted them to postpone the season. If you, if you rush these guys back too soon, you know, what if you cause an injury to a player of high magnitude, like a Jamal Murray, we're seeing even, even with, with Anthony Davis, right? I well, mean, well, let's look at the, t- think about it. And someone brought this up last night, the Lakers, the heat, and now the nuggets, three of the four teams that were in the conference finals, in the bubble, have all had massive, massive injuries all year long. Yep. That's no coincidence. Right. It's that simple. They, they, rushed, they rushed those teams specifically back way too fast. And it's, it's choosing money over your product and, and compromising potential great talents in this game, like a LeBron James, like an Anthony Davis, because who's to say that when Anthony Davis comes back, I mean, hopefully this isn't the case, but with these calf injuries, all it takes is one weird move and boom, that Achilles goes. And God forbid that happens to Anthony Davis, you know, and that, that alters his career. Now, I don't think this will be a career ending or altering injury for Jamal because of modern day science and just how we see guys coming back from ACL injuries. And like we already established, he's not a guy that necessarily relies on explosion and athleticism. Um, it just, I just, I just feel for those guys. And, you know, I know a lot of people were, were getting on Malone about leaving him in there. I mean, listen, could he have taken him out? Sure. But guys, it was, it's 50 seconds left in the you know yeah. less than a minute Here's i'm not I'll gonna say, kill malone for that no no and this is not on malone but what i will say and look i love malone um he's one of the in my mind one of the top five coaches in the league probably top three um but we talked about it early in the season in december and we were concerned about the minutes that Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray were playing for the first two, three months. And, you know, we would look at the box score and it would say 35 minutes, 38 minutes, 42 minutes, 41 minutes, 39 minutes. That was concerning. And I just, 
and especially with having the two only a two month break, that was something that we brought up. Injuries were a big concern at that time. Now it kind of had cooled off these past, I would say, month because they they got hot right and they were starting to blow teams out, um, and they're winning. So it it wasn't a topic, but they were still playing a lot of minutes, and that is something where. You know, a lot of teams and a lot of people, a lot of media members, they look at Tom uh, Tom Thibodeau, and he would play on that at least that Bulls team. He would play Derrick Rose. He would play um, Noah. They he would play them a way too many minutes, and a lot of people blame him for Derrick Rose's injury. It wasn't because of that game specifically that he was playing a lot of minutes. It was the course of that season and the year before and the year before that, where it was like, why are you playing him 40 minutes a game? Why are you playing him 38 minutes? Why are you playing him in blowouts? Right. And look, some of it is on the player. The player wants to play. That makes sense. But it's not necessarily last night. Why was Jamal out there? It's more of. Look, you were playing Jamal and you've been playing Jokic 35 to 40 minutes a game. And that's that that was and coming off of just playing in the bubble for two months. You were down 3 1 twice. So that's where you can maybe put some blame on Malone. Now, is it all on Malone? No, no, absolutely not. Should he be fired? No. Um, but but that's where. I look back and say, well, you probably shouldn't have been playing Nicole Jokic and Jamal Murray nearly 40 minutes a game back in December and January. Yeah. And I, I, I get that. I just I just still don't know if I want to I don't know if blame is the right word. No, it's because not, it's, even if you look at it from that perspective too, I mean the Nuggets themselves, the players, like Malone, yes, he controls the minutes, but you try going to Nicola and Jamal and saying, I'm taking you out with this, you know, game being a seven point game in the fourth and it's winnable for you to come back in. That's not easy. And then on top of that, too, I mean, these these players, it's been a thing these past few seasons where they do not do well holding leads. Mm-hmm. And so themselves, they themselves put themselves in positions right. to where they have to play more minutes. So it's not just a it's just listen, it's an accumulation of. Of just cause and effect. And unfortunately it just bounced the wrong way for the Nuggets. It was the Nuggets having to play two seven game series that were grueling. It was coming back too quickly from a bubble uh, to play a regular season. It was early nagging injuries for Jamal. Uh, early on, ankle, lower leg injuries. No one really, you know, didn't really think too much of it. He played through it. He battled through and then it was the right knee soreness, and then all of a sudden, all it takes one move, and boom, there, there it goes. So I don't, I'm not gonna blame anybody. Again, you can't account for these type of freak accidents. I mean, it's sports; right. things can happen at any moment. You know, these guys are physical. All it takes is one weird. You know, it's it's honestly surprising that we don't see more of these type of injuries, that we don't see more of these things happen. Um, it sucks. Uh, because the Nuggets really had a shot to do something special again. Do either of us think they were going to win a championship this year? No. 
Um, but I don't think it's out of the realm, especially after the Aaron Gordon trade, to think that they would have been back in the Western Conference Finals, uh, which there, I mean, at that point, it's anybody's ball game. You don't know what could happen. You don't, you don't know what the status of an AD or a LeBron is going into that. You don't even know if you get them. You know, if you match up with a Phoenix or, you know, an LA Clippers or some someone like that, those are winnable series. Uh, but at the end of the day, it didn't bounce that way for the Nuggets. Um, it sucks because we're right there. And it felt like, man, we were so close. Western Conference Finals. Only expect things to go up from here. And now you hit another roadblock. And this is sports. This is why there's no guarantees. This is why you play the games because you never know what's going to happen. And it sucks for Nuggets fans. I'm bummed for Jamal Murray because um, he was having a, a great, you know, year. He was having, for the most part, he was having a great last few months. I wouldn't say mm-hmm. a great year, but a great last few months. And for him to go out like this, it it sucks. But now it's um at this point, if you're Mike Malone. I mean, listen, he's not going to tank the season or anything like that, and I'm not expecting that, but is it worth playing Jokic 32-plus minutes a night? I mean, do you just play him 28-30? to 30? If you win the game, you win the game. If you lose the game, you lose the game. You still make the playoffs. I mean, listen, there's 18, what, 18 games left? They're still going to make the playoffs. Um, but, I mean, if you drop to the 7th, 6th seed, is that the worst thing in the world? Well, I'd no. rather not drop to seven just because you got to play more games. Um, I prefer to play as little games as possible. I I don't know. I look, it's not going to happen, so I don't really think it's really necessary to talk about. But I, look, they're going to keep playing. They're going to keep going, and we see what happens. Here, here's what I'll say, uh, and <laughs> I kind of feel bad because I I said. I said this in the last podcast, and I feel like part of me is like, man, I jinxed the hell out of this. Um, I feel like uh, I said in our last podcast that it wouldn't be the worst thing for Jamal to to stay out a little bit longer, and I said that because yeah, way to go, jerk. Yeah, careful <laughs> I, what you I, wish for. I I said I said that because I want to see. Look, they if the Nuggets are ever gonna win a championship. Not this year, next year, whatever. They need Michael Porter to take that next step where Jokic and Jamal are now. Uh, or at least Jamal is now. And one of the things that I said was, look, Michael, look, MPJ is this guy where what this is what he does. He rebounds, and he's a great rebounder. Um, he cuts. He's gotten very good at, at timely cuts. Uh, and he, he's a spot-up shooter. That's really all he does. There's not a lot of times where the ball is in his hands and he can make a play. He can create his own shot. He's the focal point of the offense. There is never any of that. And so the reason why I said, well, look, Jamal should just get fully healthy, maybe miss the next five to ten games and get MPJ up to a point where let's see if he can develop that type of those type of things, right? Being able to handle the ball a little bit more, being able to initiate the offense a little bit more, being more of a focal point because you're going to need him later on in the playoffs. He can't just be a a cutter and a three-point shooter. You're wasting him. He needs to be able to learn how to do those other things, become a a, a bigger part of the offense, 
And not only that, but on top of all of that, learning how to close. And because he has the talent to be a great closer. Um, he has the ability to be their number one closer in two, three years. But if he's sitting on, in the corner, letting Jamal and, and, and Nicole Jokic do their two-man game, he's never going to get those opportunities. So with Jamal out now for the rest of this season and most of next season, if not all of next season, this does open the door for Michael Porter to really get to the peak of where we think he can be. He has now he there's no there's he has no choice. If they yeah. want to get anywhere this year, <laughs> no. if they want to get anywhere this year, and if they actually want to keep going for this for this thing this year, they look. What have we talked about with this team? Which Jamal healthy? They have a they have just as good of a one two as as every other team other than Brooklyn, and they have a better three four five and six. Right, that's what we said. Right. Yeah. Well, if Michael Porter can progress the rest of this season and by playoffs he's comfortable and he can average twenty six to thirty a night, ten to twelve rebounds, shooting fifty forty ninety. If he can be that guy for them and be their number number one right there with Nikola Jokic, 1A, 1B, and if they can figure out a two-man game, then here's what I'll say. They have just as good as a 1-2 as any other team other than Brooklyn, and they have a, they still have a better 3-4-5 than any other team. Now's, now's his chance. Take the reins, but it, kid. But it's all on him. Yeah. He has to be the guy. He can't just be playing at an all-star level like he has this past couple weeks. Now he needs to play like an all-NBA guy. Yeah. Now it's time to grow up because now your team needs you. Now now you've you've been elevated not just from a nice role player, bench player last year to, oh, he's the third guy. Now it's, okay, now you need to be the two, and maybe on some nights you need to be the one. Mm-hmm. So here it is. I mean, we know he has the talent to do it. Now it's about taking the bull by the horns and, and doing it. Um, which I mean, I guess that's, that's a silver lining is it, it, oh, look, it, it allows MJ just, to grow. Right. But it's not just about, okay, well, Jamal was averaging 20 points a game, four rebounds, four assists. So we got to make up those numbers, but it, it, it's not just about that. What Jamal gave the nuggets was the best one, two closing duo in the NBA. That five minutes left, it was Jamal and Jokic and no one could keep up with them. And we saw that in the playoffs. The Clippers couldn't keep up with them. Donovan Mitchell and the Jazz could not keep up with them. Because at the end of the day, their 1-2 closing duo was better than anyone in the league. And they're probably, this season, the best 1-2 closing duo other than maybe KD and Kyrie. That's it. So uh... it's not just about MPJ getting up to 30 points a game or 28 points per game. It's, can he close? Can he, can you put the ball in his hands late in games and can he win games for you? If he can do that, look, they're going to miss Jamal, but he's going to, he's going to make us missing Jamal a little bit less, a lot less. If he can do those things, if he goes out there and average for the rest of the season and in the playoffs, 26, 28 points per game and is able to close in the final five minutes of, of a game with, with Jokic. 
Yeah. If he can do that, then the loss of Jamal Murray isn't as big. Will they get to the finals? Probably not. But we could see a really big grow-up year for, for Michael Porter Jr., which will only help them once Jamal comes back, hopefully 100% and healthy and ready to go. Yeah, he has, he has an, a, the opportunity of a lifetime to uh, really establish himself and put himself at the forefront. You know, everybody sees him as a rising star. Well, now you have a chance to to speed up that process. Um, but at the end of the day, this um, this only increases the pressure on one man, and that's and that's Jokic. And now it's okay. Now now we can't have 17, 12, and 10 Jokic. Now it has to be 28 to 35 Jokic, and it has to be playoff Jokic starting early. Because, I mean, if this team still wants to get past the first round, like he, he has to be more aggressive. And he has to find ways to play through being fouled. I get it. He's getting beat up every game. Yeah, that's and, re- I, turned, I turned the game off last night because yeah. I was so sick of watching him put up a shot. The Warriors get the rebound. They're on a fast break, and he's all the way back there still talking to the ref. Yeah. I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't watch it anymore. It he's, was ridiculous. He's falling into a trap. And you know, listen, I'll level with him. Yes, he has a point. But again, at the end of the day, you're only taking yourself out of the game, and ultimately that takes your team out of the game. So let your coaches go to war for you. Let other players go to war for you. You just got to play. And I just hope someone's in his ear just telling him that because they're going to need him to be as as much of the MVP as, as he's been to this point. And speaking of MVP, I think this Jamal injury only hurts his case now. I wouldn't be shocked if he now falls out of the odds and now this is an excuse for, for the national media, oh, the Nuggets fell down in the standings. Jokic couldn't carry them like we thought. And now, you know, I already saw a clip uh, from Stephen A. that says, oh, Joel Embiid's back in the MVP. He should be the guy. So it's like they, they already want to put him out of sight, out of mind, which is fine. We talked about it last pod. I, I didn't think he would win it even when he was favored. It is what it is. But, man, it just sucks. It really sucks because now... This season is is all but lost, at least with Jamal. You know, there was at least a chance. You know, there was a chance to do something special. Now it's pretty much lost. Um, and now we're focusing on the Broncos. And yay. Got, got that to look forward to. Yeah, well, it's just, you know, it's it just shows how the Nuggets as a franchise can just really never catch a break. Um, just want to say an early congratulations to the Lakers on getting to the NBA Finals this year. Um, they really don't have much of a competition now. No. No, I don't think so either. I think um, the Nuggets were the one team that could beat them. The The Clippers, no. Uh, sorry, Phoenix, no. Utah, hell no. Um, congratulations to the I Lakers. Mean, Look, I think the, the Clippers, Clippers have a chance. Than, Look, this but... is what's going to happen. The Lakers are going to get the Nuggets in the first round as a 4-5. or five. Without Jamal, they're going to beat them relatively easy. A quick series, five-game series at most. They're going to play Utah. That's going to be either a sweep or a five-game series. They'll get to the conference finals, play probably the Clippers. They'll beat them. That'll be their toughest series. They'll beat them in six, and then they'll get to the NBA finals. So yeah. there you go. It's another break, and you said it perfectly. The, this franchise can never... Never catch a break, it seems like. You know, whether it's going through the West and having to face off against the Hall of Fame Spurs or Kobe Bryant in his prime, you know, it's or you get to the playoffs and then you have 
the whole Andre Iguodala situation, that conspiracy, and you fight the emerging Steph Curry and Danilo Gall- and Ty Lawson and Gall- all those guys yep. get hurt. Hurt. Um, and then last year, you know, you're in the bubble, you have a chance and you know, it's, it's one buzzer beater that, that really changes the whole trajectory of the series. You know, you win that series, you could beat Miami, <laughs> but listen, it is what it is. Um, it's not, even though it feels like it's the end of the world and the sky's falling, there's still a lot to be happy about. This team is not going to go from good to automatically trash. I mean, they still have a really good basketball team. It's just unfortunate that, that how that's how it goes. So I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. But uh, you have anything else that you'd like to speak on? Nope. All right. Congrats to the Lakers. Yeah. I'm going to go um, order 15 boxes and spend all my crumble gift cards uh, tonight, and I'm just going to wallow in self-pity. Just going to go eat my feelings with crumble cookies. But uh, that's going to do it for us tonight. We thank you guys for tuning in. For Brandon Stoll on the other side, I'm Stephen Preach Jr. This has been the Behind the Glass Sports Podcast. Uh-huh.